um, from our conversation, the interview, the interviewer titled the article, A Liturgy of Easy Walks, ah. which I just, I was really stunned by that and mm -hmm. realized that she had heard things that I wasn't consciously even aware of. Right. So I had a title. Steve Sherlock here for Franklin Matters, Franklin Public Radio, WFPR.FM, anywhere on the internet, or in the Franklin Mass area dial at 102.9. Here today for another session with Marjorie Turner Home and Marjorie, welcome. Happy Monday. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Well, as I was making the notes coming to get together, refreshing my mind, it was like, we talked not so long ago. And then I was September 2020. How did that happen? <laughs> Time has flown. <laughs> Time has flown, indeed. And then we we actually got to meet during the pandemic, albeit socially mm -hmm. distanced. We had a wonderful walk at the Sculpture Park. We had a wonderful walk at Choke Park. And those were recorded. I believe I shared both of those recordings out because those, I, I mean, as, as I think you are and some of the listeners are aware, you know, this is Franklin Matters. It's not about me. So my picture is generally not too many places. <laughs> but it was an honor to go with you and have the walks in both those places. So thank you for that as well. Oh, well, thank you. It's much, much easier to make a, a TV show if it's not just a, if you're not just a talking head, but yes. rather that it's a conversation. We're introducing you to outdoor places. But the whole point of a lot of this is having some social time, and especially through the pandemic, the outdoors has been one of the safest places that you can still socialize. Absolutely. So it's been yeah. a great resource. Yeah, and a lot of my conversations have tended to develop that kind of theme to your point that, yeah, the pandemic for what it has hopefully will have taught us is that we do still need each other. <laughs> And hopefully we'll be much more respectful of you, uh, each other. And I know you and I are, but some of the listeners will also need to take that word in. So that, And it's just a general thing that if we're respectful for each other, then the rest of the conversation can happen. Because unfortunately, with whether it's social media or some of the society pressures, there's not always good behavior and there needs to be better behavior. We try. Yes, we try. So as we're taking this conversational path along an easy work for people who may not have heard Marjorie Turner Holman, who is she? Why don't you just share a little bit of your story? Sure. Um, I, I started writing the Easy Walks book back in uh, 2013 now, and um, I had written a series of articles for the Bellingham Bulletin. It was called Naturally New England, just getting out and uh, helping people enjoy some of the outdoor places that we have. It ended up being a year-long series. And I took some of those articles and put them up on my writing website and started seeing all this traffic. Mm. And I realized that people didn't know where to go. They kept saying, where's Joe's Rock? Mm -hmm. Well, it's in Rentham. Uh, and, and so I finally said, you know, I think there's a need and I, I might be able to meet that. So I just started doing the field work and the phone calls to different conservation groups 
saying, do you have any trails that are walkable that aren't real rough? And Mm -hmm. I got out and walked them and took pictures. And before I knew it, I had a book Um, to market it. I needed to see more trails. And so I started taking more pictures. And before I realized it, I had half of a second book. So (laughs) I had to do the work to finish that. And and through that, I've I've had a series of, um, I call them hyper-local because they're right in this area, town by town, contiguous towns. At this point, the three trail guides constitute 37 contiguous towns here in um, basically concentric circles from Bellingham and Franklin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of the metro west corner of Mass tucked into Rhode Island. And I think you do go into some Rhode Island areas. A little, so. yes, I do. Yeah. Just very border towns. Uh, I then wrote a book um, basically saying, how do you find these for yourself? Because we've, we haven't just stayed hyper-local. My family and I have gone cross country. Mm -hmm. We've gone to Ireland. We've gone to Canada. We have found easy walks for me, but it made me say, well, what is an easy walk? And I've finally gotten the words, not too many roots, not too many rocks, relatively level with something of interest along the way. That's about it. That's about it. Yeah. It isn't just the length because some say, some people say Oh, it's it's under four miles. Oh, it's easy. No, it might have rock scrambling, and that's not easy for no, people like no, me. No, <laughs> no, so. and even Delcart, which is a nice place and has quote relatively easy. You know, relative is deliberate. I think you've been, or at least has seen and explored, but those yes. are rooted trails, and they are tricky. And they're, they're not rooted, for- and there's there's actually a really steep. A spot right beyond the floating bridge that right. yes. I have a yeah. real problem getting up and down it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they can be really real challenges. Most of the rest is relatively flat. Um, there right. are some inclines, but may relatively minor. But yeah, the, depending upon which way you take, and I know that very well because I that's one of my frequent walk, walk yeah. routes. Um, and yeah, that it can be very steep. Um, yeah, and that can be a challenge. And for some people who are looking for truly accessible ways, no, that's not an easily accessible way for sure. Agreed. Yeah. But Sculpture Park. Yeah, even oh, yeah. my two-year-old grandson, he loves that because it's only the quarter mile, it's paved, it's flat, and he just loves all the wildlife. So the interest between the art <laughs> and the wildlife, and the there's water. plenty there. Yes, yes. Absolutely. And it's seasonal because every season you go there, there's something different. Never mind every day. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a very favorite place for me to meet other people. Mm-hmm. And we just walk multiple times. People say, oh, it's so short. So you go around again. Right. <laughs> and then reverse the path. And all of a sudden, wait a minute, this is a new walk. Where I didn't see this before because the viewpoint just changes totally. I love to stress that when people say, oh, I, I need loop trails and, you know, it's just boring if you have to go out and back. Oh, no. When you're coming back from the other direction, you realize how much you miss. Mm-hmm. It, it really changes your perspective, just yeah. which direction you go. It does. It does. And as a longtime runner, although I haven't run recently, I've been walking more. Even as a runner, I had bunches of loops and I would choose the loops for two reasons. One, 
clearly because of the weather. So I'd go out with the weather in my face and have the wind at my back. Um, depending upon the day, that would change. And then for the variety. So if I had done the route one way, I would do the route in the reverse loop. Mm -hmm. um, and you, you get a great variety and you, know, you only need five or six loops and then you've got 10 different ones during the week. Mm -hmm. so. Right. And now you've got a new book going a little bit further along the path, so to speak, if I'd be so bold. <laughs> uh, it's different. It is not a trail guide. Um, it's really, um, it's a memoir. So that's quite different. The other books were nonfiction, useful books, mm -hmm. um, things that you want to keep in the car with you. This book is the behind the scenes, why did I do easy walks what's what was the motivation for it what's the story and what's the path and and the truth is that I wouldn't have been taking this direction if my life hadn't suddenly changed in a drastic way 30 almost 30 years ago right um, I found myself in a hospital bed after brain surgery that left my entire right side paralyzed Mm -hmm. yep. So um, the process of healing and healing ongoing, ongoing healing uh, continues to today. But these were writings that I began when I couldn't walk across a room. I couldn't drive. I was really quite homebound for about seven years yeah. before I was able to start doing some of the things that I do. And so walking at all became a precious gift that I, I understood mm -hmm. what it feel like, felt like to have lost it. Yeah. Having to rebuild and uh, according to your physical capabilities, re-enable your walking experience certainly brought you to a new and, a, and an appreciation of what some, most of us take for granted. Exactly. Yes. You never appreciate what you got till it's gone. And I was lucky enough to be able to return to walking, albeit a, an altered way, because I still have paralysis. I still, mm -hmm. I need to use hiking poles to maintain my balance. Right. Yep. And I have very little stamina, so I'm limited in how far I can mm -hmm. go. Hence the easy walks. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Not that they're easy and short and quick because I think what you're getting to is there's a richness there that if you open your mind to it, the richness will, will, will be shared. It's, it's a way of looking. It's a way of, yes, slowing down, paying attention as opposed to just hurrying along. I, I can't hurry like modern life does, mm -hmm. um, nor do I really wish to at this point. So um, I have a very different pace of life than many people in modern America, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. So the book is a series of essays from that I just started writing as I was learning, as I was recovering. And so they're, um, they're all very personal. Some of them are observations of nature. Some of them are just describing what I saw on a walk. Um, some of them are describing instances of healing or just learning, accepting healing and learning forgiveness and uh, letting go and um, 
just a, the inner work that anyone must do when they encounter a, a massive life change. It, mm -hmm. There's sort of a common human experience. I, I have one piece that's called my chronic friends of the, those of us who all live with some kind of chronic illness. And, and many of us do that. And a lot of times they don't show, right. but they still constrict or constrain what mm -hmm. we're able to do. Um, and it doesn't mean that everybody else is normal. Lots of us have things that we deal with, whether it's physical or emotional or, or spiritual. It's, there are challenges that we all have. Yeah, it's it's becoming somewhat of a theme and maybe it's self-directed. I won't speculate on that. I tend to report on what I what I'm finding, but I am finding that uh that aspect of um starting with respect. Um then I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> we'll get there. Well we I was talking about chronic friends and how yes. chronic life is and yet it's the paradox of it's short, but it's also very chronic. <laughs> you know, just right. um, it like you sometimes wish life would stop and it doesn't. Yeah. It does go on whether you want it to or not. Well, it does. And I think getting to coming back to my thread to meld it into this flow of the conversation, <laughs> it, it, it's key because many of our disabilities are not always visible. Right. right. Clearly, there are some among us who, for the grace that they do have, do exhibit their disabilities and, and are making the way despite that, in spite that. But there are many others who are challenged by things we don't know until we stop and talk and listen and ask them what's happening in order to get that story out. Because right. in, society, unfortunately, still has that, whether it's the stigma or the um you hesitate to ask you know because you mm -hmm. don't know what you're going to get um mm -hmm. yeah we need to be more open to things like that um it's not the end of the world um people i found and it was interesting even from a totally different world in the job search world which unfortunately i did have to do at a period of time but the one outcome there was you could still have quote, the informational interview, you could just simply come to a person and say, hey, how do you do what you do? Mm -hmm. That just that invitation, people love to talk, everybody's about their topic. <laughs> and you, the, the, the even the interviewee, so I had, if you will, kind of an ulterior motive, I wanted to find out what they were doing, how they were doing it. And was there some room in there that I either wanted to go explore or no, I don't want to go that way, right? But it was still mm -hmm. informative. And people were so open once you created that space for them to say, hey, this is what I do. How do I do it, et cetera. Yes, so. mm -hmm. yes you're right. Exactly. So what else can I tell you? <laughs> well, for the listeners, clearly in the show notes, we'll have the appropriate links for Marjorie's page, uh, the links to her books. Uh, the links to at least the two videos that I've had self-promotion there. In case you don't know me, <laughs> you can go see my video on a couple of walks. Um, a link, I believe you've got a longer series of a whole bunch of walks. So that video link will be available there. And certainly how yeah. to get the books. Um, 
you did have and maybe as things get a little bit more open, you may have other public talks, although I believe you're certainly available for a Zoom conversation with whatever mm. community, library, local organization is willing to you know, engage in that way as well. I've been doing that across the state and into Rhode Island and New Hampshire, all virtually. Mm-hmm. Yes, libraries have invited me across the state to do easy walks. Um, I actually have one coming up. I don't know when you're going to be publishing this, but Lowell, um, the Moses Parker Greeley lecture series in Lowell um, will be an in-person lecture on April 9th. Mm, Okay. Yeah, we should be able to get that out to include it in advance of April 9th. And then um, having the link at least to your page, they'll be come back, they'll be able to come back. So if they've listened to this in May or June, because people do listen to it later on, they'll at least be able to come back to your page and find out where is she today? (laughs) Well, thank you for taking time to share a bit of your story and a a little bit of the background in terms of the new book, My Liturgy of Easy Walks. Well, I didn't and, tell you where the title came from, if you... Well, by all means, absolutely. <laughs> um, when I did my last book, The Finding Easy Walks, I reached out, like I've done with you, and had an interview with um, the Gordon College Alumni Magazine. I attended Gordon for a couple of years. And um, from our conversation, the interview, the interviewer titled the article... A Liturgy of Easy Walks, Ah. which I just, I was really stunned by that and Mm -hmm. realized that she had heard things that I wasn't consciously even aware of. Right. So I had a title. I knew that there was something really powerful about that, but then I had to figure out what the book was about. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started going back through my blog posts and my early writing and it was a sort of a um, a unifying theme was d- what writings fit with this title. And it yes. was about a year of work. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of writing, but then it was co- um, co- collating, putting them all together um, in, a, in a way that made sense. Mm-hmm. So lots of editing, lots yes. of rewriting. Yes, kind of like almost akin to building one of the stone walls you tend to see along some of the easy walks. This rock can fit here. This one can fit here. (laughs) Curating all this writing into a coherent whole with Mm -hmm. introductions and um, whatever was needed. Mm -hmm. Structure will stand the test of time, they say. Yes. Yes, the, The themes are walking, healing, Um, A little child shall lead them, not by bread alone, strength of family and friends, and lessons learned. Mm -hmm. Those those are the chapters. Yeah, and there's lessons learned around us all every day if we choose to uh, pay attention. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. Well, again, thank you for taking time today to do this. And for the listeners, thank you for listening. Uh, You'll be able to follow the links to find out more about Marjorie. And just a quick reminder, we do this because Franklin matters. Thank you, Steve. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? 
If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.